episode of the Camera Books Podcast, Above and Beyond, uh, where these podcasts, we offer insight and tips on making the transition for junior military officers from the military to the business and how to establish a, a successful career in business and also lend insight to what types of careers are available out there. Now, most of these podcasts, we interview uh, Cameron Brooks alumni, former junior military officers that have made the transition, that have been working in business anywhere from a year to, to sometimes 15, 20 years. Uh, in this specific episode, I interview Mike Wilkinson, who is a former Navy officer, who is an area service manager uh, for a company called Altec. Altec is a privately held a company that specializes in making aerial vehicles and other vehicles that relate to that. So those aerial vehicles are vehicles that uh, you see on the side of the roads that are fixing power lines that might be working on cell towers and they have the cranes on them. It's a very unique company with a very exceptionally strong culture. Mike has been uh, extremely successful in his two and a half years, starting out in Kansas City with Altec as a process improvement manager and then quickly rising to uh, running the service sector for Altec, servicing their vehicles in the state of Texas. Mike shares a great story about how he uh, prioritized the quality of the company, uh, the culture fit, the people, uh, and then, uh, then the location. And as a result of doing that, he ultimately ended up within two and a half years uh, moving to his ideal location of Houston, Texas. I think you'll really enjoy this podcast with Mike. And if you have any questions afterwards, feel free to email me at jjunker at cameron-brooks.com. Mike, welcome to the Cameron Brooks Podcast. Thanks, Joe. Great to be here. So where are you calling from today, Mike? I'm uh, calling from Houston, Texas. So um, now... Maybe that's a good jumping off point. Uh, we got some introduction uh, questions to introduce you to the to our listeners. Of course, I know a little bit about your background, but tell us um, uh, who you work for in Houston and some of your main responsibilities. Sure. So I work for a company called Altec Inc., uh, specifically Altec Industries and in, in the service group. Uh, the the company uh, is privately held. Uh, in our 90th year, we primarily uh, manufacture, sell, service, um, rent, lease uh, uh, large pieces of uh, equipment, uh, predominantly known for our bucket trucks, digger derricks, cranes, uh, and specialty products, primarily uh, for utility, telecommunications, and, and contractor industries. So uh, we provide the, the equipment for the folks who keep the lights on. So obviously, it's probably an industry that a lot of people don't think about before they make the transition. I'm sure it never crossed your mind, like, hey, you know, the companies have, some company out there has to make all these special vehicles for, you know, maintaining and, and, and installing lighting signs, power lines, and um, all these other kind of trucks and vehicles that you talked about. When did you start thinking about a company like that for you, Mike? Well, you're 100% right. Uh, you know, I, I don't mind saying that uh, had I not worked with Cameron Brooks and, and Altec wasn't a part of that uh, uh, hiring process and at the uh, hiring conference that I participated in, I would have never known 
uh, about Altec. It's the largest uh, company you've never heard of. And, and uh, you know, when you talk with people uh, about what Altec can do, uh, you mentioned the, the bucket trucks and our name on the boom. Uh, and all of a sudden people see them all over the place. Uh, but they've always been there. We've just never looked at them before. So, um, you know, it's not something that I grew up thinking I would be a part of uh, as far as the company and product line, but uh, couldn't be happier with the results. You know, it's so funny. I, I do want to just reiterate that to the listeners. It's Altec, A-L-T-E-C. And now that I've said that, I challenge you to spend the next two or three days driving anywhere and not now not seeing one of the Altec trucks. I see them all the time. And remember, I never heard of Altec until I guess it's probably been seven years ago. They started first recruiting from us. I think Renee Brooks uh, who's since retired, the president, part owner, CEO at that time, uh, was was the first account manager for us working with Altec. And I remember her telling me about it. And like the very next week I was traveling and everywhere I went, I kept seeing Altec uh, vehicles on the side of the road, repairing some power line or working on something. Uh, so it's very interesting. Um, tell so tell the listeners uh, and explain to the listeners you know what what is the role or responsibility that you have for Altec out of Houston, Texas? Sure. So my uh, my official title is I'm the area service manager for the state of Texas. So uh, the way we have our service uh, organization for Altec broken out is by region across the United States, and then within those regions you have area managers. Um, my role. Uh, as I said, is for the state of Texas. So I, I'm responsible for the three shop locations we have in the state, uh, Houston, Waxahachie, and, and our newest one in Midland, Odessa. Um, and then we also have a, a fleet of mobile technicians who go to the customer's location to um, provide service. So uh, we run four of those teams currently in the state of Texas. Uh, so day to day, my, my uh, role wears many hats. Um, you know, obviously uh, uh, with that many uh, facilities and, and uh, associates. There's a good amount of administration that's got to take place to make sure everybody has what they need in front of our customers. Um, uh, recruiting, uh, we're always continuing to grow and, and uh, you know expand our, our reach uh, from a service standpoint. So conducting interviews, resumes, talking with uh, uh, recruiters, um, and then of course meeting with customers, which is the most important thing that I do. Uh, understanding their needs, how better uh, to serve them, and and of course uh, when we don't exceed their expectations, what what more we can be doing in those particular situations to uh, uh, to improve that level of service. Yeah, I think so. Just to clarify, so you guys, Altec sells, you know, brand new or even even refurbished is vehicles to companies, any company that's going to need them for well maybe you just say it over what so you're in the service side but as also Altec makes the equipment as well can you explain a little bit of the business model and where the service side fits in sure absolutely so uh the strength of Altec as a company is in uh the the vast range of of options we have for our customers so uh, not only are we the manufacturer of this equipment so you can buy brand new off the assembly line from us um we're custom custom built so uh, if you want a ladder rack on one side or a handhold on the other side, uh, we'll do that for you. Um, that's our new new sales, and obviously there's a manufacturing arm that goes into that and engineering. Um, beyond that, uh, we have another uh, uh, company within Altec that handles used equipment. So um, 
you know, uh, uh, that includes competitors' equipment that, that we stock and, and uh, buy back from customers and then put back out on the market uh, after service has touched it, of course, and, and made it um, deemed it safe and, and ready for operation. Um, as far as new unit, then used units you can lease uh, from us. Uh, you can rent through one of our other entities, uh, Global Rental, uh, and, and put units on rent. Um, or you can uh, 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 just outright purchase a, a piece of equipment from us. And so, of course, the service arm of the organization then um, it seeks to service all of those all of those pieces of equipment. Uh, at some point, uh, uh, we make. Uh, insulated and non-insulated aerial devices. So uh, the insulated devices have to be tested annually uh, at a minimum for uh, dielectric safety, uh, as well as, of course, you know, uh, the older piece of equipment gets, the, the more things are going to break on it. So service group encompasses uh, selling parts directly to customers. And of course, if you don't have your technicians or the know-how, um, or, you know, you have a, an issue where you might be stuck in the air in the middle of nowhere working on a power line, our, our technicians and and service group is there to, to provide what you need. So I guess the business model Altec can sell you a brand new custom made aerial vehicle or whatever the vehicle, because you make more than just the aerial vehicles, but you can sell a like, more of like a used one, you can lease one. And then you also provide services, which is an additional revenue capture for the company as well. Is that correct? Absolutely. Uh, and we work on, uh, you know, the thing that separates us from our competition, we have competitors at every level. So there, there are companies that will rent you uh, equipment to work, uh, to conduct this type of work. There are uh, competitors who service that type of equipment. There are also competitors who build like equipment to ours uh, that you can purchase from, but none of our competitors are competitors across all of our business units. So, um, there's no one in the industry who can, uh, you know, manufacture a piece of equipment and provide the level of service we can, for example, or uh, rent you a piece of equipment and uh, and provide the level of service or or buy it back from you or have that that uh, uh, financing capability. So uh, or OEM parts uh, uh, access. So really, we we like to call ourselves a cradle to grave type of type of customer or a, a option for the customer. And uh, I think that's what really the, the value of Valtech and what sets us apart from our competition. Um, so, you know, we continue with this rapid fire type of question to get to know you a little bit. Tell us, so what's your education, Mike? I mean, do you have an engineering degree? Um, how did you find, I guess, that's one of the things people might be curious is like, what education did you have to get yourself into this role? Sure. So uh, uh, my undergraduate, uh, I did ROTC. Uh, I was on an ROTC scholarship to Embry-Riddle Aeronautical University uh, for my undergraduate, which is in uh, communications, Bachelor of Science in Communications. Um, spent my time in the Navy as a uh, as an engineer for the most part. Uh, I say that not as a uh, combat engineer, or structural engineer, but um, working on the power plant systems of a, of a ship. Uh, and, and running the maintenance crews for those. So that's really where I draw my maintenance experience from. Uh, my my uh, graduate education was a, a master's in strategic communication um, from Purdue uh, that I did online. So uh, not, a, not a lot of engineering experience uh, uh, education-wise, but I've been uh, around it and exposed to it um, since, since undergrad. So uh, uh, the ability really to communicate, though, and, and use those like terms and and understand what a what a PTO does and flow of a pump and that sort of thing um, translates pretty well across across uh, my military career and now into into my civilian career at Altec. 
and 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 so it would be, I think it's interesting too for people to to hear the the motivations and the reasons why did you leave the Navy? Sure. So uh, to date, uh, and and uh, Martel will tell you this, my wife and and those who know me, uh, it was the hardest decision I've I've made um, to to leave the service. I'm very proud of my service in the Navy and and my level of performance during my time in the Navy, but. Um, you know, like most people, I would think there's no one factor that influenced my decision. It was uh, a number of things. I felt, number one, that my career was kind of planned out for me, regardless of my performance. Um, I could see the end, you know, at the very beginning. And um, I felt like uh, I had more to offer than, than maybe what would be in my path. Um, combine that with with the extended time away from family and, and desire to really just pursue a more well-rounded life experience to, to not just have the military as my, as my one bullet point, but to be able to, to leverage the skills that I've learned in the military and um, apply those to, to do something different. Um, it sounds like you were looking for a little bit more um, kind of upside in your career or a little bit more flexibility and, um, opportunity than maybe what would have been kind of spelled out for if you stayed in the Navy. Um, how did you make the decision when you were going through your career search to go to choose Altec as your career? Sure. So um, one of the things that really stuck out to me, and, and it's not earth shattering, but it was something that stuck with me throughout the, the preparatory time with, with Cameron Brooks prior to the conference was the idea that I should look at opportunities versus location. Um, I, uh, uh, my wife and I felt that Altec, when we went through our, our hiring conference and, and the follow-on interviews and whatnot, provided the best opportunity from a company that most fit our, our personal values and, and what we were trying to accomplish. Um, and so, uh, you know, we, we took a chance on the opportunity there, moved to Kansas City, Missouri, uh, not, not being from the Midwest and, um, you know, with a manufacturing type uh, atmosphere and uh, as a continuous improvement analyst for Altec and with the goal of eventually, you know, getting back to where we'd like to be geographically, but that not being the driving motivator. And as it turns out, uh, you know, with the values and the opportunities presented at Altec, um, and the culture there, we ended up uh, achieving our goal of getting back to where we wanted to be geographically um, as a result. So, um, you know, that was really kind of our um, our takeaway from, from the conference and from Cameron Brooks was look at the opportunity versus the, the geographic location. And um, if you're good at what you do, if, if you choose the right opportunity and the right culture and the right organization, you know, you will have opportunities to, to end up where you want to be. What made Altec for you the 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 right? Oh, I mean, there's a lot of different directions we could go, Mike. We could talk about more <laughs> on that location piece. Um, if you felt like there's more you wanted to talk a little bit about there, because it is something that's really hard for um, officers to to overcome in terms of because they get that that they're getting out and they finally get that one opportunity. I want to go to this location. Or we could talk a little bit about what made Altec such a good fit for you. Which direction would you like to go? And we could even cover both before uh, we conclude our podcast today. Sure. Uh, e either one works for me. I I'll say just briefly on, on both here, you know, uh, what made Altec great for, for Martel and I and, um, and our, our growing family is, is the family atmosphere is that, uh, you know, just about every 
company out there today has a value statement and uh, um, uh, some sort of creed and adherence to that. But, um, you know, associates that work for Altec have a, a card with their values on them at all times, you know, that uh, um, that a company in, in 2016, when, when I started working for Altec, would put spiritual development of its employees uh, or associates rather, uh, on their, on their printed literature, you know, regardless of your, your level of spirituality, I think that that screams that this company knows what it's about and where it's going and it's going to be successful, um, on, on their terms, uh, and, and that, uh, uh, their, their adherence to what they believe is, is first and foremost, you know, on, on the other, on the other topic of, of choosing, uh, you know, opportunity versus location, um, you know, I didn't know what I wanted to be when I grew up. I knew uh, that, that the military time had served me very well and, and that there was time for a change uh, and that there was a lot I could offer. Um, but I didn't know what that, uh, you know, kind of referring back to our original conversation, I didn't grow up thinking I would be working for a company that made bucket trucks. Uh, and so uh, the idea of, of choosing a, an opportunity, uh, as I did with the continuous improvement analyst role there at Altec in, in St. Joseph, Missouri, um, I knew that I liked uh, to, to work on analytics and, and lead small teams, um, seek improvement. And so uh, trying to find the combination between those two factors really uh, is what made the decision for us. And, and it was uh, interesting to reiterate, I think what you said earlier is by picking the, the quality of the company for I mean, prioritizing that first and then the fit of the position as well. Putting those Absolutely. kind of up front, that then led you to getting back to your ideal location, being in Houston, Texas. Without question. Absolutely. You know, I, I've been talking with um, some people this week about location, uh, as I do every week, but I've been using something a little bit different um, in the way of talking about location. Do you remember, or maybe you don't remember, I was asking this, do you ever watch the, the movie City Slickers? I don't believe I've seen that one, no. Okay, so now I'm dating myself. This is what happens. You know, this, was, this is kind of a big movie, I think, when I was in my teens. But there's this um, – Billy Crystal is this um, uh, guy from L.A. He's in, he's in his 40s like me, but he's in his midlife crisis, trying to figure out what's important in his life. He's kind of – his marriage is falling apart. So he goes on this, um, like, dude ranch cattle drive. And with his friends, and there's this old crusty um, cowpoke that does the cattle drive, and his name's Curly, and he's riding on his horse and he's talking to Curly, um, and it gets into these deep conversations, and he asks Curly about like the meaning of life, how do you find it, and Curly holds up his hand, gloved hand, and he says, "You got to, it's one thing, it's this one thing," and uh, Billy Crystal for the rest of the movie, he's trying to figure out, ask Curly what this one thing is, what he means. Well, then Curly dies. So he never figures <laughs> figures out what that one thing is until the end, you realize you got to find out what the one thing is for you and, and put that out front at first in front of you and let that drive. Now, the, what the, how that relates back to location, I kept thinking of is at least when you're first starting out during your career search, there's so many things that are important to you. You mentioned them, company culture, company fit, position, upside, 
um, career opportunity, location, money. But one of them eventually, they can all get in the front seat, kind of like you think about a pickup truck. You can all get in the front seat, but only one can drive. And you have to kind of figure out which which one is going to drive, at least for the career search piece. So it's not that those things aren't important, but which is going to be the one that drives your career search? And it sounds like you and your go ahead, you and your family picked picked the opportunity at first. Well, and and you know, I mean, I, I, that's a hundred percent right. I remember distinctly when it dawned on us again. Uh, perhaps I'm just a bit slow, but um, you know, Martell and I were sitting at the, uh, I believe, the Saturday morning at the at the uh, career conference there, and uh, we get our our itinerary for our uh, interviews. And the first thing we do is is Chuck ends up pointing out, and you point out. Um, uh, actually, everybody, is, as I recall, points out at, at some point there. You know, the first thing we do is immediately scan company and then where where they're at. And uh, uh, and it was, uh, you know, a, a pretty pretty good. Uh, realization for us again um, nothing earth-shattering but but we didn't have offers from any of those companies at that point Saturday morning you know and so there was really no point for us to be even looking at that uh, because none of these companies even even expressed an interest in, in bringing us along so um, really it was a, at that point that we looked at each other and we said we need to just you know do our do our best to really sink our teeth into these interviews and put our best foot forward and, and really try to understand these companies and, and the positions and, and what they have to offer and, and what we can do to, to be value added for them. Um, and then at that point, you know, then, then we know uh, what the lay of the land is and we can make decisions based off of that. But, but until that point, um, you know, I don't know that that had dawned on, on Martell or I. What's been the most satisfying part of your, of your transition? I've always enjoyed uh, leading teams and, and leading people. And so um, I think the most satisfying part is being able to see the same skill set that, that uh, uh, I developed and was able to leverage during my time in the military that made me successful and, and then see that translate and, and know that people are people and, and leadership is leadership regardless of what you're doing um, and, and see those skills translate and, and the results translate. I think it's the most satisfying thing, um, you know, the seeing people succeed that that uh, are empowered by uh, by your direction or, um, you know, by the support you provide, I think, is is uh, one of the most rewarding things, period. And what have you found is like the most challenging or thing that you've had to adapt to in terms of leadership in the business world by, say, the Navy? Sure, absolutely. Um, I think the most challenging thing is speed. Uh, obviously, the uh, the high pace uh, tempo of of the military is not necessarily matched uh, minute for minute uh, in the civilian world, or at least that's not been my experience. I think um, uh, tempering expectations to say, you know, that uh, when, when this project is handed down, it's not a, a you know flat to the boards run to to make it happen. Um, it's a bit more of a, a metered and steady approach, uh, and so. Uh, that's definitely something that to adjust to and, and something that uh, I know I've personally had to work on as far as setting expectations and, and uh, providing realistic uh, timelines for, for projects or uh, uh, milestones. And has there been anything that you've missed from the military? I think, you know, the change, right? There's a lot of change. So is there anything that you look back and say, I, I kind of missed that part or... 
Sure, I think so. I think, uh, you know, I'll say that uh, I'm blessed to have a pretty good camaraderie with my peers and and the teams that I work with within Altec, but uh, um, there's nothing like the, um, you know, camaraderie shared on, on, in the military and, and going through, you know, the, uh, the trials and tribulations that you do. Um, so I, I would say that I miss that. Uh, I still have several friends that are, that are officers in the military. And so, uh, you know, when we talk, you can very easily revert back to that mindset and that, uh, um, you know, still being relatively, fresh off the transition or, or still transitioning, um, you know, you can very easily revert back to that and, and, you know, kind of remember the romanticize the good that you, you did enjoy about it. Um, but, uh, um, that said, I think there's a, there's a ton of uh, good that, uh, uh, I get to experience every day on, on this side. So it's absolutely a, a great choice. Yeah. That military creates that great, um, that great camaraderie because it's such a tight knit environment, that big focus on mission. And I know Altec has, I've seen you guys interact with one another at the conferences and <clears throat> things that you guys do together seem like you do have a lot of that collegial tight knit atmosphere that you might find something similar like in the military, but that's something that people are concerned that will they find that like in business world. Absolutely. And I, and I would say for sure that uh, um, you've hit it right on the head. I, I, we do have that atmosphere and, and that is the case. Um, it, I, I'll say it's not a, a one for one carryover from the military, but uh, um, I, I know that it, um, at least from my experience without that, it's, it's definitely been uh, still been there uh, as far as the, the camaraderie and, and being able to feel that you're a part of something and, and moving the ball down the field with a team. So what would you say if we, as we start wrapping up our conversation, we did, a, we actually started rapid fire and then we got right into the location piece. Uh, obviously that was a big thing you wanted to like share with people about that was impactful for you. Are there, is there any other lesson that you want to pass on in these last few minutes of the podcast for our listeners? Sure. I think uh, uh, one of the best pieces of advice I got throughout the, uh, the uh, career search process was, uh, uh, to answer the question that's asked, I think that uh, is a is another not earth shattering uh, piece of advice, but I think one that serves has served me very well uh, during during my experience. And um, you know, I would say kind of gets back to a a, a more uh, uh, philosophical point of uh, you know what what has made uh, junior officers successful in the military are the same skills that, that will make them successful in the civilian world. Obviously Cameron Brooks has, has, has picked up on that and, and has done a great job of partnering, um, you know, junior officers up with career opportunities, um, because of that. But, uh, I know regardless of, of the track record and whatnot, that was something I was absolutely concerned about was, you know, um, will I have to change who I am and, and, and how I do business? Um, you know, to be successful. And, and obviously there, there's a terminology change and that sort of thing. But I think being yourself and, and answering the question that's asked is uh, absolutely the, the key to the key to that transition. Do you have um, any uh, books that you've read outside of the normal Cameron Brooks program or reading that you would recommend? Uh, well, I just finished uh, uh, my second of uh, Malcolm Gladwell's books. They're they're not new; uh, they're a few years old. But uh, I just finished up David and Goliath. Um, it, if you're familiar with Gladwell, it follows the same vein as his previous work uh, titled Outliers. Uh, both books really kind of look at uh, 
challenging, uh, not so much flying in the face of social norms or or, uh, or business norms, but uh, challenging uh, readers to look at the details and and uh, and and see if what they're measuring is really what's worth measuring. And and uh, you know, David and Goliath specifically talks about our underdogs really underdogs. Should we be surprised that that David beat Goliath? Um, and it just uh, translates well to the business world, I think, to take a look at, uh, you know, what are your metrics? Is it really worth um, what you're what you're trying to measure? Is it really telling you what you think it's telling you? All right. Any other uh, uh, learning or development hacks that help you be successful in business that you want to or that you want to share with the listeners as they make the transition? I'd say the reading list from Cameron Brooks uh, is is quite extensive, but uh, it's all valuable for sure. Um, you know, for me personally, uh, Altex has over a hundred product lines. So, getting into the specifics of the company, the specifics of uh, of the products and services, um, absolutely is enough to keep somebody busy. But uh, from a professional development standpoint, um, you know, I think uh, as much as you can read uh, on any topic and how it can translate to business is is something to to uh, make a goal to achieve. Sounds good. Mike, you've been a, a great guest, wonderful guest to, for devoting your time, your knowledge, your insight, your experience. Sincerely appreciate you being on, on the podcast today. Well, I really appreciate the opportunity, Joe. Thank you so much. I've really enjoyed it. Thank you everybody for listening to another episode of the Karen Brooks podcast. To learn more, you can look up Mike uh, at Mike Wilkinson, W-I-L-K-I-N-S-O-N, uh, at LinkedIn on LinkedIn. Uh, you can also find more about Cameron Brooks at our website, Cameron-Brooks.com. Of course, order our book, PCS to Corporate America, which you can order from Amazon. Until the next time.